And the question is this. Do you know of one thing that you could do right now to, let's say, make more money that you're not doing? Do you know of one thing you can be doing right now to be healthier? Do you know of one thing you can be doing right now to have a better relationship? Do you know of one thing you can be doing to be more charitable? Do you know one thing you can be a better mother, a better father, a better husband, a better sister? Do you know of one thing? And all the others say, well, yeah, why aren't you doing this? The number one motivational speaker under 40 in the world. We've got one trillion views. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of the Law of Attraction podcast. I'm so excited to be in the home of one of the most beautiful souls I've ever met in my life today. Somebody that you will definitely recognize from the movie and the book, The Secret. He is one of the most renowned brain masters in the world, named the Brain Whisperer. You've probably heard of that by now. So if you don't know who I'm talking about yet, I'll tell you a little bit more. John Asarab, who I'm so grateful to be able to call a friend, is one of the leading high performance coaches in the world. He's a behavioral neuroscience researcher who has appeared numerous times on Larry King Live, Anderson Cooper, The Ellen DeGeneres Show, and so so many more. He grew Remax of Indiana from startup to 85 offices and 1,200 sales associates who sold over 4 billion a year. So anyone who's listening today and thinks, is this going to be around only neuroscience? No, this is also going to be entrepreneurial. So you're going to learn a lot and get so many takeaways. He also was one of the founders of Bamboo. IPIX that went public on NASDAQ with a market cap of 2.5 billion. John's written four books, two New York Times bestsellers that have been translated into 35 languages. He's the creator of Inner Size, the movement, which has been featured in 11 movies, including, of course, The Secret and The Quest for Success with Richard Branson and the Dalai Lama. John is also a wonderful husband and daddy to two sons <laughs> and in addition to being a vegan he's a meditator like me avid skier i'm not quite as good but skiing is definitely something i enjoy ocean lover as you may see later we are sat with the most divine view i've ever seen in my life it is phenomenal here where you live and the view of the ocean is something else he loves traveling the world and because of his huge success, gets to do so. And he's gonna show you a little bit around how to unlock your brain today. How to really take everything you're doing to the next level, how to be happier, how to be more fulfilled. I'm sure we're gonna dive into a lot more than what I'm saying. But welcome, my lovely friend, John. Welcome to you. It's so good to be with you. <laughs> and you, thank Hi, you for everyone. having us. So great to be. So yeah. lovely to be here. John, I mean, there's so many things at the Brain Whisperer. You are the ultimate expert when it comes to the brain. You understand how to unlock it. You were, okay, let's take it back a bit. 15 years ago, I first read The Secret. And your teaching of the vision board is what led me to be where I am today. Who I am today. Good. You were one of my, let's say, early mentors from afar. You never knew that you were my early mentor from afar. And here we are now, friends, doing collaborations and such like. And In my home. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so manifesting does work, guys. And the law of attraction is in action all the time. Okay, so how did you go from being somebody in the world who didn't understand the brain to now being someone who actually speaks to it, who understands how to teach others to speak to their own brain, to activate parts of it? What was that for you? What was that moment? So 
the the turning moment for me in my life, I mean, it happened 41 years ago, a long time ago. And my life was a mess. I was getting in trouble with the law. I left high school in grade 11, failed English, failed math, working in the shipping department of a factory, making a dollar 65 an hour, and not really feeling or believing that I could achieve anything in my life. And the evidence that I had was that was real. That was the truth. Yeah. I met a man. I met one person who understood more about the human mind and yeah. the brain and, and had a really loving, caring heart where he was willing to give of his knowledge. Um, sit me down when I was 19 at lunch. And he started my training by asking me some questions I had never asked myself. Mm -hmm. I was caught up focusing on why I couldn't achieve success mm -hmm. and how I wasn't smart enough and I wasn't good enough mm -hmm. and I wasn't going to achieve more success than maybe my father did who was a cab driver, making whatever money he could make, you know, hustling cab rides, <laughs> you know, and so that's what I saw. And there was always, always, always a lack of money in my family, arguments between my mother and father. They had a tumultuous relationship until she left him. Um, both of them were unhealthy because they ate unhealthy food. So the model of the world that I had was that you had to struggle, that successful people were dishonest, um, that, you know, it was dog eat dog. <clears throat> and um, if you didn't do well in school, you're not going to do well in life. Okay. That was my belief system. And this one man, um, when I was 19, uh, my brother had arranged for us to have lunch together. Uh, asked me, like, why are you doing the things you're doing? I said, I don't know. I said, but you're doing them. Why are you doing this? I don't know. He said, well, do you have any goals? And I said, yeah, I got, uh, I want to buy a car. I want to make more than $1.65 an hour. Mm -hmm. And I want to move out of my parents' house. And he says, well, that's all great, but do you have any bigger goals? I said, no, I don't have any bigger goals. And so he said, would you mind just doing something for me? They'll take you about 10 or 15 minutes. And it'll give me some insights into you know, who you are and maybe some possibilities for us. Yeah, sure. So he gave me this document. And um, just to put it into perspective, the document was the 1980 Goal Setting Guide. Not Goal Achieving Guide, Goal Setting Guide, all right? Many years ago. <clears throat> and um, I opened up the document to the first page, and the first question was, at what age do you want to retire? <laughs> I'm 19. <laughs> I want a job. <laughs> First question, what age do you want to retire? <laughs> I'm like, I don't fucking know. <laughs> retire? My father's not retired. Nobody we know is retired. So I asked Mr. Brown, I said, what am I supposed to put here? He says, just pick a number. So I wrote down 45. I was 19. I wrote down 26 years later. I'll retire 26 years from now. Great. Second question was, how much net worth do you want to have? And so I looked at the paper. I looked at Mr. Brown. I looked at the paper. I go, Mr. Brown? What does net worth mean? <laughs> Don't I do so sweet, 19-year-old And then, you know, what kind of home do you want to have? What kind of lifestyle do you want to have? What kind of car do you want to have? Who would you like to help along the way? Who do you want to become? And I just, like, asked him, like, how am I supposed to answer these questions? And he said, start off just using your imagination. Wow. I go, okay, I can do that. I'm good at pretending stuff in my head. So I wrote down, retired 45. 
three million dollars net worth. There might have been thirty million or three hundred million. Wouldn't have made a difference. Three million at the time was like beyond. Uh, I want to live in a four-bedroom house. I want to drive a Mercedes sports car. I want to retire my parents so they don't have to work as hard. I want to uh, travel with my brothers and sisters. Uh, my brother and sister. I want to um, um, one day raise a family and etc. I want to travel the world and have Italian clothes. And I just wrote out this this fantasy of a life. And Mr. Brown looked at it, and he started reading this stuff. He said, this is actually really good. Like, this is a good, good vision, some so good, good goals. And I said, well, thank you. Thank you. And he says, I'm going to ask you one question. And the answer to this one question will determine whether you actually achieve every one of these things you wrote. And you can imagine, well, maybe at 19, I was thinking to myself, yeah, right. One question is going to determine whether I achieve all these things. Three million dollars, retired 45, Mercedes-Benz, four-bedroom house, travel the world, first class. And um, he leans in and he says to me, are you interested in achieving all these things? Or are you committed to achieving them? I said, am I interested? Am I committed? I said, sir, what's the difference? <laughs> and he said to me, he said, son, he said, if you're interested... You'll allow your past to control your present. If you're interested, you'll allow your beliefs about yourself and your self-image to control your behaviors. If you're interested, you'll do what's easy and convenient. If you're interested, you won't do what's necessary to change. But if you are committed, you will upgrade your identity to match the new destiny you want. Wow. And he said, you will upgrade your beliefs, you'll upgrade your knowledge, you'll upgrade your skills, and you will change the habits that are keeping you stuck, repeating the same patterns, achieving the same results over and over and over again. I was like, wow, this makes sense. So he leans in again and goes, so, are you interested or are you committed to achieving these things? And Natasha, I can feel this like it was yesterday. I felt like something in my body, some surge, and I just said, well, I'm committed. And he reached out his hand, he said, in that case, I will be your mentor. And I go, oh, what? wow, thanks. What's a mentor? <laughs> he said, well, a mentor is somebody who will guide you, who will share with you what to do, why to do it, how to do it. They'll open doors for you. They'll introduce you to the right processes, systems, people. They'll okay. give you and help you with a path. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> he said, a mentor is somebody, you know, who will watch out for you and also share with you what you should stop doing. Mm -hmm. And I said, wow, that's great. That day, one man, one lunch, one question, one answer. Changed my life. Because oh I was on my way to the jail or the morgue with what I was doing. And this man cared enough mm -hmm. to share, mm -hmm. cared enough to have lunch with me. Mm -hmm. At the time, he was making tens of millions of dollars profit. And he took time from me. And um, he shared with me, he says, I'll teach you as long as once you learn, you will teach others. I get emotional just... That is, yeah, it's just, so just, emotional listening uh, to like, this. So I got on the journey of changing my mindset. You know, the document that he gave me of three million forty-five, four-bedroom house, Mercedes-Benz. Every day, well, 
the other part of the story mm-hmm. is um, he asked me to move to Toronto, which I resisted because I was living 350 miles away. I don't have money, don't have a house, don't have a job, don't have a car, don't know anybody here. He says, well, first you make the decision, then you figure out how. So I said, fine, I'll move to Toronto. He says, great. Next thing he says to me, uh, I need you to sign up for the real estate class and pass the test. I said, test? I cheated every, every school test in high school. I don't have money to go into real estate. I'm terrible in school. I failed English. I failed math. I left in grade 11. He said, no, that's your story. That's your identity. Those are your excuses. Make the decision, then figure out how. Fuck. Okay. You know, mom, can you lend me some money? Dad, can you lend me some money? Bro, can you lend me some money? Sis, can you lend me some money? I put together 500 bucks. Got into real estate school, studied my ass off for the first time in probably five years, passed the test, and on June 20th, 1980, I got my real estate license. Now, no way. Now, why do I know these dates so well? Because they transformed your life. Transformed my life. I passed the test without cheating. And from June 20th, 1980, till the end of 1981, he taught me how to be a real estate agent. I made $180,000 in 1980. Changed my life. Bought that four bedroom house, bought that Mercedes, traveled the world, everything on that document. And I didn't retire at 45. I retired at 30 for the first time. No way. Yeah. But I know you now. You, you do this because you love it. You do it. Well, I do it because I love it. But what happened, which is really the important part, is I didn't have the knowledge. I didn't have the skills. I didn't have, I didn't even believe that I could. But he did. He believed that I could. So I had to borrow his belief. I had to borrow his skill. I had to borrow his awareness. I had to borrow Like, I didn't believe in myself. So that was the beginning of me shifting my mindset. And every day when I went to work for him, I was on commission only, by the way. Forget the $1.65. That went out the window. It's like you eat what you kill. I go, no salary? Like, I'm going to work for you and no salary? He says, no, no, no. You're going to make a lot of money because I'll teach you how to make a lot of money. But no salary. And um, every day, that vision document that he had me create. He said, I want you to read that every morning when you come into the office at 8 o'clock. I want you to read it and I want you to run your hands across it. Left hand, right hand, close your eyes, feel it and see yourself in that car, in that house, making that money. And I started off with a goal of 10000 a month. That was a spy in the sky dream. Ten grand a month in 1980. That's what doctors earned. That's what ISFs lawyers earned. And slowly and surely, you know, he just showed me how. So he shifted my perspective of what was possible. And then I've studied the human brain ever since on how did that happen for me. And then I went on to build my own real estate company and grew it to 85 offices, 1,200 salespeople, and taught them what he taught me, added my own twist to it. And we went from zero to 1.2 billion, 1.2 billion to four and a half billion a year. Unbelievable. And so, not only did he teach me, but I was able to fulfill on my promise to teach others. And you have. I mean, so, you've reached so many yeah, millions yeah. of people. But yeah. this is, it's interesting because when you talk about the achievements of that first 180,000, those first offices, et cetera, et cetera, 
Actually, what this is really about is the power of a mentor. Power of a mentor. And guidance. And, and, and guidance, right? And, and, and the thing that I know today to be true is just about, just about any goal that I have mm -hmm. or you have or anybody here on the camera crew has or anybody listening or watching, any goal we have for health, wealth, relationships, mm -hmm. career, or business, mm -hmm. okay? Somebody's already achieved it. Absolutely. Which means the blueprint exists. So, yes. so if the blueprint exists, mm -hmm. then my job is to first make a commitment mm -hmm. that I want to achieve mm -hmm. that, have mm -hmm. that, be that. And if I make the commitment, then is it possible that my brain shifts to how I can because I've committed to doing it versus my brain staying stuck in a here's all the reasons why I can't. You know, don't you know I'm, I'm traumatized? Don't you know I'm female? Don't you know I'm male? Don't you know I'm black? Don't you know I'm Asian or white? Or, or I, I left high school with this. Don't you know I was raped? Don't, don't you know the story? And so there's a shift that can happen within each one of us when we don't minimize our life and maybe the traumas and the, and the stuff that's happened. But we have to question whether the rationalizations that we are giving ourselves, the rational lies that we tell ourselves are true and valid. And this is where radical honesty comes into play. And if you're not prepared to be radically honest mm -hmm. with yourself, mm -hmm. you, like here are my skills, they suck. <laughs> and can I get better? Yes. Mm -hmm. Here's all the failures I've had. True? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And can I learn from them? Here's all the mistakes I've made. Mm -hmm. And I'm embarrassed and ashamed of it. And I can learn from that. So these are skills that we can all use. And the thing that I can, you know, I know is every brain functionally works the same. And the reason, you know, I teach about the neuroscience stuff is I got fascinated with the most powerful organism in the world, our, our, our biocomputer, the human brain, that we're not taught how to use. And yet we've put humans on, Mar on, on um, the moon. We're trying to put humans on Mars now. We've uh, solved some of the biggest problems in the world. We have many more problems to solve. And it's humans that are solving it. So that means that the potential within us is so great and when we learn how to focus our attention on how we can and why we must, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. then we open up this phenomenal ability within every human being to achieve more of our potential. Now, not everybody's going to be you know, a mega success in their life, but I believe that everybody could be the best version of themselves so that they feel proud based on what their passions are, what they love, and what they're here to do. <clears throat> Whether that's being a, an engineer, or a homemaker, or a garbage collector, or an entrepreneur, it doesn't matter. How do we use the gifts that we have, you know, our, our, our brain and our skills and our extrovertedness or introvertedness, to become the best version of ourselves so that one person is proud of that? You, me then if we could be that bright light within our own lives, mm -hmm. aren't other people going to see, wow, how did you do that? Mm -hmm. Like, what, what, are you, what are you reading? What are you doing? Like, 
God, you got a sparkle. Like, I want that sparkle. That is the law of attraction at its very finest. Because when you're that sparkle of hope, the sparkle of possibility, and then you can somehow use your life, your knowledge, your, your love, your light in a way that impacts another human being, oh, that, then that's addictive. That, that's the, the, the killer app. I love it. It is the killer app. The I want to download it. That's the I, killer. I, that's I the killer app. Yeah, it is. So I think we each have the possibilities mm -hmm. and the obligation mm -hmm. to be the best version of ourselves for ourselves first. Yes. Right? And without having to wear too many masks, the personas, you know, the who you see and who I am are the same person. There isn't this mask of who you see when I'm on camera or at a restaurant. You know, the way you treat your dog and the way you treat uh, a waiter or waitress and the way you treat uh, a driver, the way you treat a president should all be the same. Yeah. Right? With total love and respect uh, because you have so much love and respect for you. And nobody's above you, nobody's below you. And there are people that have got more skills than you. But listen, plenty of people have more skill than I do. Um, but the, the, I think part of the, the thing that Mr. Brown set, helped set me free is the thinking around maybe there is a possibility and hope for me. And if maybe there's possibility and hope for me, knowing how messed up and screwed up I knew I was and my evidence was reflecting it, if there's somebody that I could maybe give them a little hope and maybe give them a little direction, give them some of the blueprint, then my life is even more worthwhile and purposeful. This is just like gold dust. For anybody listening, I know that you are already <clears throat> blown away with this Mr. Brown story and how it's impacted your life. Can we get some, right now, tangible three things that somebody can do they are going through some adversity right now. Sure. And their brain is telling them that same pattern. Yeah. I'm traumatized, I've been through this. How do they escape it? Sure. So first you don't escape it by suppressing it. Mm -hmm. You escape it by expressing mm -hmm. it. So if that's what you're experiencing and feeling right now, acknowledge it. Surrender to it. It doesn't mean give up. Mm -hmm. And ask yourself a question, am I moving towards what I want, or am I being held hostage by what I don't want? Wow. Let me repeat, am I focusing my life and mm -hmm. energy and attention and mm -hmm. behaviors, focusing on what I want, mm -hmm. or am I being held hostage yep. by what I don't want? So that first shift is be aware of what you don't want, but don't live there or focus on it. Say, okay, I don't want this or this or this or this or this anymore. And I'm going to draw a line in the sand, and I'm going to spend all my time, energy, and attention figure out what I do want, mm -hmm. and then ask myself, what are simple, easy first steps? Simple, easy first step. Um, I think I talk negatively to myself. Great. Be aware of the negative self-talk. Mm -hmm. And every time you hear yourself talking negatively to yourself, mm -hmm. Don't reprimand yourself. Just go, hmm, there's that negative self-talk again. I release you. Let me choose a positive thought. Let's just start with thoughts. We have 6,200 a day. Most of them, for a lot of people, 80% are negative, disempowering, destructive thoughts. Let me be aware of them. 
because they're percolating up from something in my subconscious memory bank and experience. Okay, great. Let me be aware of them. Let me let them go since I'm not my thoughts and let me replace it with a positive thought. Let me start with that. Let me then focus on my emotions. Mm -hmm. Am I in a constructive, positive, happy state right now? Or a negative, disempowering state that may not be helping me? Well, don't feel great right now, okay? What has to happen in order for me to snap out of that and change my state? A Hollywood actor or actress can change from being really angry in one second to <laughs> That's <laughs> so crazy, but they can change states like that. They're the Olympic athletes of change, of state changes. And so if you're not feeling great, I'm not motivated, well, why not go into a different character state and say, well, what has to happen in order for me to be motivated right now? I love this. Right? Like, what, like what right now? Yeah. Am I going to allow? Like, it's my emotions. It's my this. feelings. It's my state. Mm -hmm. Like, so if there are disempowering states... Like, you're not a freaking tree. You can change. Life's a movie. We write our own script and we create our character. Yeah. And so, uh, mindset, self-talk, awareness and control, direction. Emotional awareness and direction. And then, let's keep this really simple. What are one to three things I could do today? Today. Not in a week, not in two weeks, or today that's gonna move me towards what I want. One or two or three things. Listen, let's say you're wickedly out of shape. You eat like shit, you're unhealthy, you're borderline diabetic, you're hypertensive, you're 50 pounds overweight. What's one thing you can do today? Go for a one minute walk. Yeah. Oh, you don't wanna walk? Great, move your hands up and down, okay, 10 times. Any constructive positive thought or any constructive positive emotion or any constructive positive behavior activates other positive constructive behaviors and thoughts and emotions. So is it possible for me to start just, let, let me just move in the direction of what I want, which therefore also means I'm taking a little bit of action away from what I don't. So now not only have you moved towards what you want, but you've moved away from what you don't want. Wow. So what do you think that does to your own self-confidence? What do you think it does to your levels of certainty? What do you think it does to you trusting yourself? So if you're out of shape, you're not going to run a marathon right now, but you can take 10 steps. And if you take 10 steps today and 10 steps tomorrow and 10 steps the next day, I could take maybe 20 next week. And what we're looking for is to get out of stuck zone or more of the same zone. Mm -hmm. And we want to move in the direction of what we want to trade our life for. And what's really important about the brain, make it so easy that you can't not do it. I love that. So like yams. Make it so, so listen. When my mother was in her 80s, before she died, she, was, um, she got depressed for many, many, many years at a time. Not weeks or months, years at a time. And several years before she died, you know, she was in like, I don't want to talk to anybody, I don't want to, I used to fly to go and see her every 90 days. And so she was in a terrible state where she was disintegrating very, very fast. Hey mom, can you do me a favor? Let's do some exercise. No, I don't want to do any exercise. 
come on, mom, I came all the way from San Diego to see you in Montreal. You know, do a little bit of record. I don't want exercise. I said, okay, just do me a favor. Can you just move your one finger like this three times? Yeah, sure. I'm too nervous. I said, way to go, mom. Can you do me a favor? Just move your thumb three times like this. Don't want to do it. Come on, come on, for me. I came all the way from San Diego. Okay, she did. Then I said, just move this finger, then this one, then this one. Okay, now that you did the right hand, do the left hand. Three, just one, two, three. One, two, three, one, two, three. I started off with my mother who was depressed, had an exercise in her 80s, okay? 90 days later, she was in the gym in her retirement building on the bike for 15 minutes. No way. Just because she started with one finger. Okay. So, so whenever we have all the reasons why we can't, and it's hard and I don't feel like it, I get it. Just do a little bit. Just do a little bit so you interrupt the pattern of familiarity. Because the brain loves familiarity. The brain loves familiarity. It's it is so it wired. It's wired to yeah. maintain familiarity and comfort zones. Yes. So um, every one of my private clients who invest a lot of money to work with me. I reduce the behaviors with them to the ridiculously, I don't care if you're a billion dollar CEO, um, it doesn't make a difference. I reduce what I ask you to do initially, that's a change from your routine, to something you think, really, that's going to have an impact? And I get them to do it every single day. And they have to text me every single day. Oh, that's so good. Right? Oh, that's and and so by day good. 30, by day 50, they're like, wow, this, this is like so powerful. And then I add. Then I add. Okay, so now that you've got the routine going, now let's add a little bit more. So here's something to consider from a brain perspective. Initially, the new habit, the creation of the new habit is more important than the intensity, duration, or complexity. Let me repeat. At the beginning, mm -hmm. the new habit, mm -hmm. it, the intensity, duration, and complexity are not relevant. The consistency is the most important element of it. So if I can get you to do something for 30 days, 60 days, 90 days, yeah. then chances are I can add stuff to it once I know that the habit's taking hold and I can increase complexity. So listen, you're never going to juggle six balls unless you learn how to juggle two. Yeah. You're never going to juggle three unless you juggle two. You're never going to juggle four unless you juggle... So let's reduce the building blocks to the most simple. And then we can add and build. Now, you know what most people do? The exact opposite. They say they're going to you know, get in shape and they go, they try to exercise for an hour a yeah. day and go on a diet and sleep eight hours when they're used to, you know, yeah. so much coffee, sleeping three hours, you know. No, no, reduce it to the ridiculous. Start slow, finish fast. That's Don't it. start fast so you finish slow. This is a superpower right here, what superpower. you're coaching. This, this is, is a superpower. What's your superpower? Taking complex stuff and making them this simple. <laughs> I love it. Do you compartmentalizing, compressing it, bringing it down into one place, I get that. Just, you know, take, like, I'm fascinated with the human brain, mm -hmm. which is very, very complex, but so are computers. Mm -hmm. And if you learn how to use the computer, it makes your life easier. Mm -hmm. Cars are very complex, thousands of pieces in the car. You don't need to be a mechanic to drive, mm -hmm. right? Rocket ships, you know, 
very complex, but you need to have the skill. And in order to develop the skill, you have to have the building blocks. There has to be a foundation for everything that you then implement, optimize, and accelerate. If you don't have the foundation, which is your mindset and some mental control, some emotional control, some behavioral control, the chances of success are slim to none. So if you're committed to success, why not learn the process to self-direct yourself to do what you should be doing? Mm -hmm. There isn't a person that I have met anywhere in the world <clears throat> that says, no, I don't know the answer to this question. Me either. So, and the question is this. Do you know of one thing that you could do right now to, let's say, make more money that you're not doing? Do you know of one thing you could be doing right now to be healthier? Do you know of one thing you could be doing right now to have a better relation? Do you know of one thing you'd be doing to be more charitable? Do you know one thing you could be a better mother, a better father, a better husband, a better sister? Do you know of one thing? And all the said, well, yeah, why aren't you doing it? Like, why aren't you doing the thing you already know how to do? It's because knowledge doesn't usually change behavior. Right. Habits do. So if habits drive most of my behavior, most people, if I say, well, do you understand the anatomy of a habit? Do you understand how to be aware of your habits? Do you understand how to disrupt them? Do you understand how to let go of the disempowering, negative, destructive ones and replace them with constructive ones? And the average person, the average person says, I don't know. Oh, well, whose habits are they? Mine. Whose brain is it? Mine. Whose life is it? Mine. So you're basically not in control of your life. So when would now be a good time to start learning that? So I was fortunate. Like, I was fortunate by sheer thank you to my brother and thank you to Mr. Brown that he started getting me to think. Before I didn't think, I had thoughts. And so I started to think. I started to read and discover and became a voracious student. I thought I was stupid. And I discovered I wasn't stupid. I just wasn't in the right environment in school to teach me. And that's because we had moved, we immigrated, and I had to learn two new languages in the classroom of 60, 55, 60 people. I felt two, two years behind. Um, so the environment wasn't right. Um, but then I made up for it by Completely. devouring books and, and investing in myself mm -hmm. and, and, and just learning. And, and then you know having mentors, having teachers, having experiences, but learning some of the mechanics of the mind. And then by understanding a little bit about how it works, mm -hmm. very little, um, I created programs for myself to accelerate certain parts of, um, of my brain's abilities. And then now I teach it. So write about it, teach it, share. That's so, so powerful. Okay, if there's any final things you'd like to share that you're passionate about right now, we'd love to know because then the audience can come and join you. And Yeah. Like, the thing that I'm most passionate about right now is, is really taking my 40-plus years of research mm -hmm. and sharing it with people through, whether it's my books or videos or courses, whatever the case is. But the thing that I'm probably even more passionate about that is how we really have to lift each other up right now. Uh, we're all wanting to do better, have more, be more, give more. And right now, 
you know, the world needs people who are willing to help each other. There's enough people who are trying to be in a destructive state of thinking and behaviors right now. And I think there's um, a banding of the spirits to lift humanity up versus moving humanity down. So if, if we can all be a part of how do you lift me up and I lift you up and, and we do that because by lifting you up, the high tide raises all the boats and that we stop focusing on, well, what can you do for me? Well, what can I do for you from a trading perspective, but a giving perspective? Yes. And understanding that there is, everything is entangled, right? There is in the quantum physics world, everything is entangled. Yeah. So, you know, when I do for you, I'm actually doing for me. Mm -hmm. And when you do for me, you're actually doing for you. So if we can just figure out how do we lift each other up as we climb and figure it out? How do we, how do we give more? Um, because the right thing to do. Um, I, I, I learned you know, this law of attraction and resonance many, many years ago. <clears throat> One of the things that I, I learned for 100% certainty, million percent certainty, you can't outgive the universe. And I'm the universe. You're the universe. The people that are, you're the universe. The universe is within you and you are within the universe. So I can't outgive the intelligence that gives me and you life and that allows the elliptical orbits of the planets to operate with such perfect order and harmony. So how do we give more? How do we give each other more? How do we lift each other up? That's what I want to be a part of. That's a beautiful last message for here on today's episode. If you guys have enjoyed this as much as I have just being here, remember when you listen to a podcast, when you read a book, when you study, you are being one-to-one -one mentored by that person for the duration of that show. You've just had just short of an hour of the most incredible mentoring from this beautiful soul, John Asraf here. And there is so much more where that came from. I'm gonna put all of his tags below. Follow him on Instagram, go through to one of his channels and download one of those incredible programs and make sure that you start today with small steps and following somebody on Instagram who you are actually learning from is a great one. So that can be one of your three. And make sure that you take a moment to share it with the friends when we share, we also grow because we want to do it with an accountability partner and it's lovely to enjoy that. But thank you for watching today and thank you so much for coming. It means well, well thank you for having me, sorry, in your house. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. So much fun. See you soon. Bye guys.